listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from mainland China from Andrew Collier, Managing Director, Orient Capital Research. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good. Um, there's been a lot of rhetoric coming from Beijing in the last week about Hong Kong's importance as a financial hub. This has actually come on the back of them actually tightening control on the mainland markets. So is, now, is China now looking to make Hong Kong its sole financial hub? No, there was there was basically one statement at the Central Financial Work Conference uh, saying that uh, Hong Kong's position as a financial center should be maintained. Uh, but it was kind of a one off. And I think they made broader statements about the importance of Shanghai. Uh, it was interesting that they bothered to do that. But clearly, there's some nervousness in Hong Kong, and that was probably communicated to the leadership. And so they put that in there. But there was no specifics. It was it was basically a political um, act to make the leadership in Hong Kong happy, but there was no specifics of anything they actually planned to do. But isn't that common to China? There's always like rhetoric, but very, very little specifics when they come out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, nah, not completely. I mean, there are times when they'll say something like they'll support a certain industry, and then all of a sudden the banks will open the spigots and start lending quite significantly, or they'll make noises about supporting the economy, and then uh, they'll, you know, bond issuance will increase. Um, the, the problem with Hong Kong is that, uh, first of all, it's not that important to Beijing. Beijing's got much broader interests. And second of all, uh, the real issue with Hong Kong is the declining rule of law, and that's why a lot of firms are moving to Singapore. So uh, Beijing's not going to do anything about that. So it's kind of an empty call. That's not uh, too positive look, uh, looking for Hong Kong. Then does that mean that Hong Kong just continues just to just wallow in the mire, I guess? Well, the, the, Hong Kong is important for the mainland for the uh, renminbi conversion because uh, Beijing is very eager to move its uh, economy, trade links, um, you know, offshore assets and that kind of thing into the renminbi. And Hong Kong is a very good way as a kind of a, uh, a control point that they can use to increase that. And certainly the, you know, the uh, inward flows through the stock connect and so forth have been advantageous to Beijing and that's been uh, relatively successful. Um, uh, beyond that, there's not a lot of other interests. I mean, the IPO market, uh, clearly Beijing doesn't believe that IPOs for large tech companies are important since they've cracked down on the tech sector. And um, the overall uh, financial system, they're not you know, too happy with investment banks making a ton of money on trading flows in Hong Kong. So a lot of the stuff that's the lifeblood of the city is not uh, top uh, of mind for the uh, leadership, particularly since they've now centralized financial policy in this new economic working group uh, right in the Politburo. Uh, so it's gotten much more politicized than it used to be, and the CSRC has less power than it had up until recently. So then taking it broader into China itself, um, with that bleak message, um, China itself is having its own tough time. You had presidency and saying that it wants to open up you know, market access, but at the same time, a lot of policies seem to be closing up China. So what is the reality? What does he actually want? What does who want? Xi Jinping? Xi, yeah, Xi Jinping. I mean, does he want an open China, which open trade with all these different countries, or does he just want to keep it as a closed China? Because like a lot of the policies have been, at, you know, while well, he, well, he, well, he was turn around and go, want an open China and start doing all this international trade. At the same time, a lot of policies has been to close the, uh, the country out, out from the rest of the world. So it's 
very confusing messages that keep coming out of China. I don't think it's that confusing. I mean, he's, it's not open or closed. It's just he wants to control China to create its uh, global destiny, which he feels that he's now responsible for creating. So that means that um, if foreign firms and, and, and large capital he, uh, he views as detrimental to the growth of China, then he's going to say, OK, we're going to stop that. Now, there's been some gradual softening in the tone um, Wang Yi's visit with or Blinken's visit with Wang Yi, the foreign minister, and some other um, meetings that have happened with, I think, Catherine Tsai, who's the trade person in the United States, uh, met with them. A number of meetings show that there's a, a real concern about maintaining trade uh, because the Chinese economy is 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 plummeting fairly rapidly. It's it's not it's never going to recover from the property bubble. Basically, it's going to take a good decade. So they're going to have to find ways to generate growth. Um, unfortunately, the leadership is maintaining its adherence to the state system, which means that a lot of the opportunities for small business and tech and the rest of it is being is being eroded. But trade linkages are still there. Um, so I, you know, I think that uh, if the United States would back away from its hardcore stance, which I think is kind of crazy then China might be willing to sort of soften its overall message to the global community, um, you know, including Europe, because now it looks like there's backlash against EV exports to Europe, electric, electric vehicles, which is a, a, a success story for China. Um, so, you know, if, if the policies were toned down a bit, I think China might um, step, step up a little bit and try to soften its tone. I agree on the US. I think the US uh, policies have been a bit crazy. Um, but I also look at it, I mean, I look at it from a China perspective and they had closed up shop for three years because of COVID. I mean, that was fine. Everyone can understand the rationale behind that. But they've been slow to open up. Um, Z has been pretty cautious in terms of getting it open. And that has hurt China. But at the same time, he's also hurt domestically by the fact he's cut wages in a number of industries. So how's that going to spur consumption growth or get the property market back on track? So there has been a lot domestically that he's done as well to hurt, uh, you know, the country economically. Well, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think the policies are very are good. I mean, there's a lot of talk about consumer rebalancing, but they they cut deposit rates, which meant that uh, the returns on deposits are down, which hurt a lot of consumers. Um, the property sector, he's he's held the line. I think he figures it's it's a loss anyway. And that's the main issue they're facing. The doubling down on state investment in state guidance funds and in the semiconductor area is um, wasting a lot of capital because it's going to take a long time for any of that to, to generate uh, benefits. Um, and so I don't see a lot of areas of success. Um, and unless uh, he finds a new outlet, either through international trade or through um, allowing small tech companies to flourish, uh, you know, it's going to be a pretty tough uh, future for the country. And in the tw 15 seconds that we've got left, um, what do you expect out of the Z and Biden meeting and the sidelines of APEC meeting this week? I think both sides are going to try to really soft pedal their hostility and try to tone down tensions because they're very concerned about an accident in the South China Sea. Biden's got Congress to deal with, so he can't be too soft. But nonetheless, I think both sides are going to make good noises on towards uh, rapprochement. All right. Um, well, thank you very much uh, for coming on. Uh, that was Andrew Collier um, with The View from Mainland China. Andrew Collier is the Managing Director of Orient Capital Research. Thanks. Thanks a lot.